are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? We're good. We're good. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Yes. So I was looking you up. I'm stalking you a little bit on your social medias or whatever. And I love the slogan, trauma interpreter. Oh, the interrupter. Oh, interrupter. Yes, interrupter. I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. How, uh, how did you create that, that name? Well, I'm doing it, oh. <laughs> being that. Okay. Um, okay. I was trying to figure out, I had gone to a retreat last year of Black female therapists, Mm -hmm. And um, we were talking about just kind of what is our story? What's our brand? Who, who are we in this space? Because right. there's so many therapists, not as many black female therapists, but there are still, you know, quite a few, especially if this is what you do, you know, who's out there, you know, you know, who's around. And I was trying to figure out um, who am I and, 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 and what do I do? And I wanted people to know when they, reached out to me what they're getting and I just felt like that made sense trauma interrupter right and that's it's very just, catchy yeah yeah and I think so, it, I think it speaks volumes for what what the black community goes through all the time absolutely yeah. it's absolutely. important that we start trying to break those cycles uh and and really start taking our mental health seriously right in so many different ways mm -hmm. yeah. well welcome to the power of a voice Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Um, so if you want to just introduce who you are, what you do, how long you've been doing it, how they can find you, um, that'd be a great way to start. Okay. All right. Well, hello. I am Sherry Ann Best, LCSW, and I am the trauma interrupter. I have been, I've been, I've been a psychotherapist for this whole 2020 thing has me so thrown off. I, my math hasn't caught up to the year yet. <laughs> like, the, there are other things going on right now, but right, I've been right. in the field. I've been, I've been doing this for 16 years now. Oh, wow. And so um, I, 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 I was drawn to this field probably because of my own stuff. I, I, I talk about really being my first client and um just deciding that I wanted to make a difference. I was trying to figure out what was going on, the patterns and, you know, dynamics in my own family. Mm -hmm. And um, I just decided to go with it. And so here I am today. I have a private practice out in Long Island, New York. I'm the owner of Broad Hollow Psychotherapy. And we work on people's traumas in a lot of different ways. Talk therapy is one way. But the more you start to learn about trauma and trauma recovery, the more you know that it's not just about talking because right. there's a lot that you don't even know. You can only talk about the things that you can actually recall, but the way that trauma works is it, it, it's, it's caught in the body. So there's a lot more that our body is aware of that our, our conscious mind is not. So we deal with trauma from a perspective of talk therapy, but mm -hmm. also you know, other complementary medicines like aromatherapy and oh, wow. yoga, and I'm a Reiki practitioner as well. So, awesome. you know, coming from all different angles to help healing. Right. I think, um, like, I have a therapist as well. Mostly it's online. 
but all of that additional like the meditation i try to do meditation it's hard to do it at home but the meditation the aromatherapy like all of that helps and especially if you have a quiet setting to go to it makes it all that much better because trying to do it on your own like you know um i wish i would have found you first girl <laughs> but trying to do it on your own is very hard to get in that mindset and i'm all about like self-development and figuring out the things that you don't know right. to help you through life so i you know the work that you're doing is truly a blessing because for me even in my own little self you know discovery and self um well self-finding phase um still going through it but you know it must be so much easier for your clients to have you you know to kind of navigate the waters for them absolutely i'm going to give you a little bit of a tip on the meditation first thing mm -hmm. i want to say to you about that is don't judge it okay one breath in and a longer breath out is a meditation oh okay. that doesn't even require quiet that just just one breath in and a mm -hmm. longer breath out you have just meditated oh okay a lot of times we're looking for it to be perfect and quiet and still, and that's not how it works, right? Mm -hmm. If I said to you right now, do not think of a red Corvette, what are you thinking about? A red, a red Corvette. Corvette. Exactly. <laughs> so as, <laughs> as soon as you think that you're going to sit and meditate and not think, you're going to think. Right, right. So don't judge it and just kind of let it happen. And once that thought pops up, acknowledge it and just let it float away. Don't fight it, mm. right? So that's just my little tip to you as far as meditation goes. It doesn't have to be perfect. And I think that's what people think that it has to be when, when it comes down to meditation. And that's how people, you know, either don't continue with it or think that they've failed. Yeah, that, that's me. Because I think I have to have no kids in the room. The oh. be off. I don't want to hear the cars outside. Nothing. No, you can, all of that can be a part of it. I hear the car outside and then just kind of yeah. let it go. But so that's, yeah, so it doesn't need to be perfect. Oh, so would you say that like meditating is more so about focusing on letting those things go than it is about like uh, being quiet and like having perfect, perfect perspective? You know, there are people out there who can get to that place. I'm not one of those people, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those people. So yes, it's, a, it's about whatever you want it to be. There are people who meditate while they're eating. You know, so yeah. anything can be that. And so it's just, it's about trying to get to that calm space. Exactly. It's about knowing that you have that inside of you mm -hmm. and that you can access that at any time. Mm, perfect. Yeah. Um, so we know that mental illness in the Black community has been like a really bad stigma or has a really negative stigma in the sure. for a really long time. Um, to the point where people don't want to get the self-help that they require. Um, you know, other people, like if they knew somebody was in therapy, oh, there's nothing wrong with you, just pray about it. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, how, how can we combat that kind of stigma? And right. To really take ourselves out of the space, or even like if someone said those negative things to you, for you to shake it off and say, no, this is something I really need. Do you get what I'm saying? Right, absolutely. So things like this platform, you, you're doing that, right? By, by allowing conversation about mental health and mental illness. I think that social media has its downsides for sure, 
Right. But I think that that's one of the benefits of social media that it's starting to normalize things like this. And having celebrities come out like Charlemagne and Taraji P. Henson um, and saying that I've dealt with mental illness and that I go to therapy, I think that's a wonderful thing. But even, you know, everyday people saying that. And so, you know, if you have someone who's discouraging you from therapy, they might not be your people in that particular instance, right? That, that might not be who you need to go to, you know? So find your tribe, find the people that are gonna support you through this journey. And so, you know, that's how that happens. But I think that there is a shift. Uh, July is Minority Mental Health Month. And so you'll see a lot of, a lot of campaigns around, you know, targeted focus on minorities with mental health. Right. Um, in July, but that, but that's just that particular month, but it's happening all the way around. I know there are things right now, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so mm-hmm. we're doing things like, you know, going live and, 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 and being a part of podcasts like these as a way to raise awareness. So just by normalizing it, right? Right. There are a lot of people, my clients, a lot of my clients tell their, their family members, their loved ones that they're in therapy. And I would say that word of mouth is probably the number one, my number one referral source. That's how people come to me or others in my practice. A lot of times, you know, I'm seeing one person, my colleague is seeing the mother or the sister or the boyfriend or the husband or, you know, and so, so that's how it works. Okay. That's awesome. Um, So, you know, like with, with what's going on right now, everyone's at home and social media is telling you that if you're not, you know, building a Fortune 500 company right now, you're a failure, or you should just be laying down and sleeping all day and recovering. How important is mental health, like, right now in these times? How important is addressing mental health because of what's going on right now? It is so important. What we do today is really going to impact us for the next few months, if not years. So, I've been seeing these things, these productivity, we're being uh, productivity shamed, right? Mm-hmm. If we're not, you know, I, and I thought about it at first, I'm just like, okay, this is the perfect time for me to start my book. I want to write a book. But then things just got real, right? Like, <laughs> really real, right? And then it was like, you know what, maybe I'm not going to do that right now. It's so important to just follow, you just to, to know who you are and to not um give in to that so just now we were talking about the benefits of social media and that's one of the downsides of social media right mm-hmm. everybody is posting their best day and yeah. we all think that that's what's really going on in their lives like yeah. i know you in real life sis i know that that's not <laughs> what it is right? right so i think that you know i mean for those that are able to do the things that they want to do and, and have these big accomplishments that's wonderful and there's a space for you right that's fine but there's somebody else who's literally just trying to get through the day right and that's okay too if if you got through the day you won you just won you know and so that's just that's really really important we are in a pandemic Mm -hmm. you know they talk about the what is it the spanish flu of 1918 yeah we weren't there we were not there. We don't know how to do this. We're trying to figure it all out. And right. so a lot of what we're doing to be safe actually involves letting go a lot of our coping skills and coping strategies. Right. When times get tough, we could go to our friend's house or go to a movie or go to a restaurant 
That's all a great of that point. has stopped, right? So we're trying to figure out how to do this. There's a lot of uncertainty going on, right? There, there's a lot of the narratives have the narratives have changed over these last couple of months, and rightfully so. It's new for everybody, but that uncertainty it's it's hard to deal with. And so the things that we were able to do, we can't do. We can't even go to church. And so you know, people have really risen to the challenge and we have adapted in some ways and so now there are certain things that are online and you can connect via zoom like how we're doing you know right now and so that's a wonderful thing and i encourage people to continue to do things to the best of their ability to continue to do the things that they would normally do as best as they can yeah but also understand that this is a very challenging and unique time and to just be gentle and kind to yourselves yeah. Yeah. Like what I what I do or when I train my clients now because I'm training them on Zoom, what I typically say to them is attack the day. And what I mean by that is like if there's a day you wake up and you're just like I just want to be in my underwear and watching you know like Ricky Lake all day or like, that's how old I am. Ricky, Ricky Lake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I took it back. I took it back. We um, still have Maury, right? We still right? have. Maury. Yeah. I think we still have Maury. Like. <laughs> Then, then, uh, then do that, right? Like do that and, and own it and, and let, let that be a part of you because the next day when you wake up more energetic, you're going to be more productive anyway because that's what you want to do versus letting, you know, social media dictate exactly what you're supposed to feel or how productive you're supposed to be. You're never going to be productive unless you want to be productive. So it's always going to be more frustrating when you're, the, when you're doing it because everyone else is doing it versus like it being something that you want to do at the time. Absolutely. And I taught myself how to do my own nails. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so what are some ways that you think, like, I know that you mentioned a couple as far as like, you know, trying to stay connected as best as you can, but what are some things that people can do at home to like stay mentally sane and emotionally sane? So I've um, been hearing a lot of cases of, you know, the increase of domestic violence, right? Sure. It's at home. Um, you know, there's, like, I feel like right now New York is in a state of mind where even though we're supposed to be shut down, like, I went to the grocery store yesterday and everybody's out. Now businesses are starting to open back, you know, um, that are not necessarily supposed to be open, I noticed, and a lot more people are on the roads. And I think people are just getting tired of being home in the sure. sky. But what can we be doing um, just like in your opinion, what can we still be doing at home to still be home and still, you know, to be safe and help flatten the curve? Right. So I think it's really important to, again, going back to the breath, right? So being able to breathe just by a simple breath, a long, a long inhale and a longer exhale, that type of breath specifically, because it starts to calm the body down. Right. It, it helps to reset the nervous system. Right. So with the uncertainty that's going on, we're all afraid that we're going to, you know, get sick or get somebody sick or, you know, we're worried about our finances. We're worried about our loved ones, all different types of things. And so right, right now, just from a physiological standpoint, we are in fight or flight. And so that breath is going to help us to just kind of calm down. And it's not something when I when I introduce this idea to my clients, they'll say, well, I can't do it. I don't get it. And I'm like, it's not specific to you. It's right. our body, right? So you, you know, just try it and you'll get it. And when they get it, they feel the difference. They feel a shift yeah. and, and they, they see that. So that's one thing to just, you know, 
to just help you to self-regulate. That's so important because if you can't self if you can't self-regulate, you can't do anything else, right? You can't right, do anything right. So starting with something as simple as breathing. I think the other thing is we still, we need to, we're working from home or we're not working. Mm-hmm. It's still really important to have some predictability in our day. You know, so I'm still, I'm still seeing clients. I'm doing that uh, uh, tele, tele, uh, through teletherapy. Okay. And so I noticed that my, my Monday through Friday is a lot different than the weekends when there's not as much structure. Right. Right. So you can still get up in the morning and make yourself a breakfast. You can still structure your day with whatever you want it to be. If it's self-care, if you're working, obviously that's going to help you. But if you're not, you can still um, incorporate some kind of exercise. So being mobile is very important right now. And even if it's something, you know, obviously with social distancing and wearing a mask, if you just take a walk around the block, that's fine because we're probably a lot less active right now because we're not getting up and yeah. going different places. So that's very important to try to try to get some mobility in your day. And there are a lot of different video options, like you were saying, right? And so that's that's important to try to continue with that connection, um, whether it's a Zoom party or you know mm-hmm. these you see all these different things that people are doing, just even a phone call because I feel like even with the video platform, one of the reasons why that's so challenging is because we want to be close, but we're not. So there's sort of just this awareness, this underlying awareness that we're not together. That's kind of going on. That's not as present. I don't think on the phone because we're used to communicating that way. Mm -hmm. And so this, this whole video conferencing and things like that, it's a little bit different. So where we can incorporate connection, keeping those connections. I'm seeing wonderful things where family members who don't normally get together are coming together. You know, these what, drive-by, a, 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 a client of mine was talking about a- oh, Like uh, the parades. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the parades, right? So there's graduations yeah, we, going on right now, birthday. Yeah. We just did one for my niece for her birthday, which was fun. Exactly, so things like that, right? So instead of just not doing it, figuring out ways to still have that connection. So that's really important. Um, what's something else? Just um, also, if, if you notice that you are kind of numbing out, then th- doing things to help you to connect back with yourself, right? Because you still want to be present during this time. I right. joke that sleep is my number one coping skill, my coping <laughs> strategy, but I, I try not, and it is, it is. But, you know, I, I don't, I don't get carried away with it, right? You know, but sometimes we just want to, we don't want to be here. But if you notice that you're kind of dropping off and you're not really paying attention, numbing by drinking with the video games and things like that, you want to try to get yourself out of that. Mm, yeah. What would you, what would you be, what would you recommend in terms of like, like that, like, uh, playing video games or like having the drinks or whatever, like, like how what's the safe recommended dosage uh per day or per you know week or whatever that you think is is, uh smart considering the fact that everyone has to stay home i i think it's still going to be specific to 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 you i I don't really know if there's a specific you know there's nothing everything in moderation is okay right unless you know that you've had a problem in any of these areas before then that's a different story right um 
but if, 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 if other people are noticing, if someone is saying, hey, you know, you haven't talked to me in eight hours, you might want to, you know, consider that. <laughs> yeah, we have two kids. There's no way we don't talk in eight hours. Right. <laughs> uh, and, you know, even like, that, you know, that kind of leads to the next question, right? Like, you know, we're, we're uh, um, parents and we've done a pretty good job during the, uh, um, the stay at home to kind of like uh, navigate. We both have our, our schedules still. And uh, um, so like sometimes like, you know, Cheyenne needs a break. Sometimes I need a break. Uh, what, are, uh, what are some of the steps that parents can take uh, during this uh, pandemic to kind of uh, ensure that the kids are okay? And then how do you help develop their emotional vocabulary so that when they're not okay, um, they're the, they're, they can tell you better than just I'm mad or I'm upset or, you know, okay. good things that they say. Okay. I think that there's a few things that you can do and it actually starts with you as the parent. So you are the biggest role model for your kids. And so they're going to do what you do. I think that's so important to understand that. So, you know, being honest about it. And so obviously children um, within reason and what is age appropriate, right? Mm -hmm. You let them know what's going on within reason and age appropriately, what is happening. If they are asking questions, it's because they want to know. And so that means that you, you need to answer the question because you don't want them going into their minds and coming up with their own answer. They don't have the wisdom that we do as adults, right? And so they don't necessarily, they, they may come up with something that may be bigger or scarier or involve them in a way that doesn't necessarily need to involve them. So just being honest, I think that there's a lot of stress around the homeschooling part. And I think that, <laughs> I think that, we never lie. <laughs> right, right, right. And so I, I'm sure that some of the teachers won't, won't agree with me, but I don't know if that is the number one priority right now. You know, if they're not getting it all right, that may be okay right now because going back to um, starting with the breath, if your children are in fight or flight, if they are scared literally for their lives, who really cares about two plus two? Right. They don't. That's a great point. They don't, right? And so doing things, helping them. So with children, exercise is so important to make sure that you're incorporating play, physical play yeah. is so important right, to help to just exert some of that energy and, um, and some of that nervous energy because anxiety, again, it, 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 you experience that in the body. And so I don't typically on a regular day have issues with anxiety, but I've absolutely watched the news to see what was going on. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at what the governor is saying, so I know how to move with the business. Do I need to close down? What do I need to do? So anxiety is going to be a part of this, that, this experience that we're having right now. And that is a physical experience. That's a physical experience. So physical exertion, I think, is really important. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's okay to say, hey, I don't know, as parents. It's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay to say, I'm worried about that, too. I'm not sure. You know, it's also important to empower them uh, with, you know, making sure they're washing their hands and they're using their mask and doing the things that we all know to do now so that we're not sick. Uh, people are worried about, ch children are worried about well, when I'm, when am I going back to school? We now know that we're not going, they're not going back to school right now, you know, so helping with connection with their friends, 
you know, maybe if you don't know their, their friend's parents, get to know their friend's parents so that you can do, so that they could do a Zoom call or a house party call or something like that, or the drive-bys, all the things that you're seeing in the larger society that it's impacting your children as well. So I think it's important to take a note from that and do the same thing. Okay. Um, so to segue towards exactly what's happening now, like um, there's been a couple of uh, shootings and killings by police. Yeah. Um, so how do you, how do you feel that seeing all of these police brutality videos, right, is impacting the black community? It's extremely harmful. It's extremely harmful. And I know um, I, they, there's a thing on Facebook where, and maybe it's on Instagram as well, I'm not sure, but if there's a, a, if there's a violent video, it's sort of shaded and you have the option of opening up and looking right. at it. Mm -hmm. I never do. <laughs> I never do. Like for what? I don't know. I, if, if I can get away with not seeing it, mm -hmm. I don't want to see it. You know, that there was a time where, you know, you would go through your feed and those videos would just be playing automatically. Yeah. And I hurry up and I found out how to, you know, how to stop that, you know, so that they wouldn't just be rolling as I'm just trying to scroll through my phone right. innocently and these things are coming up. So I think that it's important to raise awareness about what's going on. So I can, I see where the, the video or the reporting is helpful. I don't think that the actual viewing of, you know, black bodies being, killed is is necessary right i don't think it's necessary and our brain doesn't with interpreting threat our brain isn't sophisticated enough to know what's happening to us versus mm -hmm. what's happening to somebody else it doesn't have it's very efficient it doesn't have time to, de to decipher that's not me right. your body is going to have the same response watching it and so that's vicarious trauma Right? right. That's why I carry that's that's it didn't happen to me, but I'm seeing it. But my body is reacting as though that is me. Mm. This is a I'm gonna introduce an idea that really is a conversation for another day, and that's mm -hmm. intergenerational trauma. And yeah, you know, if you are if, if if you are a descendant of a slave in any kind of way we already have that in us. Our baseline is one of trauma. Yeah. Right. Our baseline. Okay. And mm. then you enter the world and then whatever happens in your family of origin, that's also going to impact you. So now you have these videos and the reporting because, you know, not to say that these things weren't going on before, but they weren't at the tip of our fingers before. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, they weren't at the tip of our fingers before. And so it's, it's, it's really, um, so that's just another layer of, of trauma that right. is happening to a people who historically come from that. Right. So what are, like, so when I see those videos, just thinking about me, when I see those videos, it makes me mad. It makes me want to do something. Like, you know, um, I feel like a part of, like, a part of the, um, like, obviously, American culture has engraved in me is, like, where is the justice for this, right? Yeah. Um, and then another part is just, like, you know, I feel like after seeing all these videos, I'm one step away of, like, all right, let's do something, you know what I'm saying, about it. And I feel like 
a lot of people, a lot of the black community is feeling that way, especially with, you know, the guy who was jogging, yes. getting gunned down, and then someone who um, was on Facebook Live, and he was running from the cops, actively running from the cops and got gunned down on camera on live. Okay. Um, so it's just like, after you see these things, like, how do you... How, how can you get make your, make sure you're aware of what's going on and try not to take that in? I don't know if that makes sense. It does. It does. Yeah. So, again, I think that the reporting is, the, the reporting of it is necessary. Right. So I can read an article without necessarily watching the video. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. So I think it's important to be aware. Absolutely. I don't want, and I, and I think that it's important also one of the other things that happens is that after you watch these things over and over and over again, you become desensitized. Yeah. Right. And so now I may be less likely to want to do something about it because I am so desensitized. The thing is, is that we're still physiologically impacted by it, even though we're able to kind of just keep scrolling. If that's what's happening, you still, you do still take that in. There is still a trauma that occurs inside of your body. Right. And so, I, uh, in my opinion, I think that that's one of the reasons why this COVID-19 has so disproportionately impacted African-American people because of that history of trauma, mm -hmm. because of our own personal traumas and living in a world that today, on most days, it's telling you that you don't matter. Yeah. Right. And so that impacts being in a constant, a constant state of stress leads to a breakdown in our immunity and that's just my own opinion i haven't done any kind of study around that but that's just my own opinion as to why we've been impacted the way that we have i mean right. I, I agree with that opinion a, a hundred thousand percent and i you know just to piggyback off that i think that another part of it is that like we're not offered the opportunities that other groups are offered so we're we're in the front line even when it comes to some of the essential working jobs like you know yes. the, uh bus drivers coming out of queens where the uh, um you know the garbage truck drivers where all these things so we're taking in most of that because we have no choice. We don't have the the uh, the income or the wealth to kind of just sit at home and, you know, like stay there. We have to keep working. Right. What are some of the things that you think that we can do in terms of communicating it to, uh, you know, our white friends or our Hispanic friends or our, you know, Asian friends to kind of like uh, uh, cultivate like uh, understanding without them maybe seeing the footage because sometimes what happens is that you know they'll see the footage and that's when they're up in arms right and mm -hmm. then then that and then you're like well then that footage is you know it served a purpose but then like you said sometimes you see the footage and you're just so frustrated and angry you're not really getting anything done you're just uh mm -hmm. like festering in your, your anger right so what are some of the uh, ways that we can communicate those kind of frustrations to our non-black Right. I think that it's so important for everyone to realize that we align with other groups all the time. Right. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge, I talk about it all the time. I'm a huge LGBTQIA ally. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and, and it's important. Every movement needs the other group. Right. Women need men, men need women. Right. And so black people need white people. And so it's just, you know, I would, I think it's important to just communicate that, that every movement needs other people, mm -hmm. needs other people, needs people to use their privilege, right? 
If mm -hmm. I'm in a car with a black man and we get stopped by the, by the police, in that moment, I have the privilege. Not a whole lot, but I do, right? right? And I'm going to do whatever I can in that moment to use my privilege to get us the hell out of there safely. Yeah. Right. You know? And so every moment, every movement needs allies. And I just think communicating that and saying, hey, you know, the next time I share something, why don't you share it? I think it's really important. You know, this is not just a me problem. This is a everyone problem. And it's going to take everyone to help us out of this. Yeah. Right. I definitely agree with that. I agree with that 100%. Thank you so much for coming on um, and really sharing your knowledge and experience. Um, I definitely appreciate you being on here. Um, also, do you have any like social media links or anything sure. um, I can put out there for people to follow you and, and get to know more about you and come check you out if they wanted to? Absolutely. So on Instagram, my, per, my, my personal business Instagram is Sherry Ann Best. Okay. And it's the same on Twitter. And then the business, my business, which is Broad Hollow Psychotherapy, uh, there's an Instagram page as well. And that's change through words. And then on Facebook, it's Broad Hollow Psychotherapy. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome. Thank you for having yeah. me. Of course, of course. Cheyenne signing off. Jonathan signing off. Sherry Ann Best signing off.